I know some some people thought it was tied to the full moon as well. Um, but there are a lot of fans who couldn't sleep and couldn't, um, oh. you know, were up at night at all hours. Oh, I'm terrible. So Akasi was really in that boat. And she was texting... <laughs> Uh, Akasia was texting Kate, letting her know that she was okay. She tossed and turned after she got back from the gallery. She just couldn't rest. Um, she had given Nicholas's Mar- Marcel's journal, and he thanked her um, with a glint of triumph on his face. So, um, you know, she's thinking about all these different things um, and how Nicholas had reacted. And, you know, she's stuck in this state of not being able to sleep. So we actually asked SR if he'd ever experienced insomnia and how does he deal with it by reading, writing, watching TV, or perhaps a midnight swim. Mm -hmm. And he says over the years he has suffered from insomnia. Sometimes he writes, sometimes he reads, and then sometimes he has to go for a walk. So... I thought the going for a walk was very telling because it reminded me of the scenes of uh, in Gabriel Inferno um, going for walks in the middle of the night. So, so you know, I'm just, I just um, <laughs> thought about that. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could not get out of bed and take But I can a walk. see writing as well. I, I had a friend yeah. who would do that. Hi, Kaz. Hello, Kez. So, Kez, we were just saying that um, we asked SR if he had insomnia, and he says sometimes he does, and he either writes or reads, or sometimes he has to take a walk. Um, so at 3 a.m., when Acacia's had enough, she actually got up and got dressed and Googled the Degas painting. Um It was a pastel of a ballet dancer having her hair fixed by her mother um, with another young girl standing with them. The subjects were taken from the Casserer's collection, um, and they were all all unrelated with the exception that they were Impressionists. Uh, Cassia wondered why they had not gone for the Botticelli or perhaps the Egyptian Book of the Dead or the manuscript of St. John's Gospel. So it really... I think that Cassia couldn't sleep because she could not shut her mind off and she could not turn her mind down into and quieting her mind. She had so many questions going through her head. Um, at least that's how I interpreted it. And Lori said walking would actually wake her up more. I agree, Lori, although I'm thinking maybe um, sometimes you can clear your head by taking a walk. And that's what I'm thinking. Maybe that would um, elicit that kind of uh, peace. So as, as Acacia was reviewing all these uh, paintings and what had been stolen, she, she thought that some of the things would have been a lot harder to sell than the Impressionists, which is perhaps why the Impressionist works were stolen. And she didn't have the answers, but she did recognize the loss that the Cassarers had experienced had transformed Nicholas into the man he now was, a man bent on justice. And uh, 
she shut the computer down um, as she was done with her research and she really felt that she needed air and a diversion where she would be pacing her room all night. I also think this is in part also like leftover adrenaline from her being attacked. You know, I, I feel like oh, yeah. she has a lot going on right now and she could, she can't settle herself down. Right. Um, so she's, she's like, okay, I need to get out. I need some air. So while she'd been warned about going outside um, because of the security and the dogs, she really wanted to go out and she had seen the pool and opted for a midnight swim. So uh, we asked SR when he was writing, how did the idea of Acacia's midnight swim and subsequent testing of her skills by Nicholas emerge? Um, and I had said that, by the way, SR, I love the scene and it must be included in a future screenplay. Um, we asked if he had a specific source of inspiration for it, the idea of the midnight swim. And he says he didn't have a specific inspiration for the midnight swim, but certainly it would be a pleasant way to spend the evening. Mm -hmm. So with those thoughts, she left her bedroom, gone through the corridor, which was empty and dark, and walked outside. The air was cool and the pool was not enclosed, so she walked down the stairs. I could see, see Midnight Swim. I, I had a friend who had a pool, and when we would spend the night at her house when we were teenagers, it was great just to go at, at 11, 12 o'clock at night when everybody in the house was asleep, and you're out there in the pool, and it was, it was just so nice, especially on a hot night. And she didn't have air conditioning in her house, so. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Very peaceful. Very, very. Mm -hmm. So, around the pool was a, a dim lighting that, you know, sort of went around the periphery and lit up the landscaping. So, it was just really quiet and peaceful uh, around the pool. She noticed that there were lounge chairs, and uh, but she'd forgotten to back a, a swimsuit. So she stripped down to her black bra and uh, panties, and I am so glad they matched. <laughs> I don't think I've had matching underwear in forever. Um, and, <laughs> of course. Of course. She didn't think about <laughs> whether the guards would bother her, so she just slipped into the warm water, surprised that it was a sailing pool. Uh, she swam from end to end, trying not to make too much noise and floated on her back looking at the clouded night forever she understood nicholas's quest for justice she had known loss and tragedy oh. in her own and she began to wonder about his obsession the length he would go to avenge his sister's death but it really didn't matter and she had given him that he'd, she had given him the journal and he was having her apartment repaired. She'd been able to, she'd be able to go home to Paris soon and she'd probably never see Nicholas again. When she was significantly exhausted, 
She climbed out of the I pool. I don't know. If I'm sitting swimming in his pool. <laughs> well, you know. I was just thinking if I was in that pool, I don't know if floating. I'd be like, oh, I'm never going to see him again. <laughs> well, you, you, you know. <laughs> this is true. I would hope that she wouldn't be that way, but yes. So when she was tired enough, she climbed out of the pool and found a towel near her clothes. And she looked around, but there was no one visible. And she began to dry herself off and squeeze the water from her curls. And having curly hair, that's an important thing to do. It keeps the curl nice rather than roughing it. I've learned that from my hairdresser yes. just as I pass that along. Anyhow, um, she, you know, so now someone, a, a hand grabs and touches her. Good tips, Pam, good tips. Mm -hmm. And um, she, she just grabbed, she went mm. backwards and, and she uh, grabbed him with both hands and she wrenched his palm back till she heard him yelp and then the assailant twisted his body behind her and he freed his wrist placed his weight to flip him but the assailants planted his feet and lifted her off the ground <laughs> mm -hmm. and we hear Rick was right you can take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so he put her down. And Acacia turns to face him. And he's grinning. I can just imagine that. The, the, the shit-eating grin. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. this. I'm telling you, this is a must-see scene. This is yes. a must-see. A must-see scene. Absolutely. <laughs> she is so tired of being tested by him. And he retorted that, how can that be since she kept passing every test? At that point, I would have punched him at that line. Anyway, uh, so she's shaking out his wrist. He's like, you know, you nearly <laughs> broke it. So I, I'm curious, though, Pam, did you think yeah. <laughs> he deserved it? Yeah. I'm curious, though, Pam, did you think when the assailant, when you guys and actually Lori, Kez, Joni, did you guys think when she was being attacked, did you th suspect it was Rick? I mean, or it was Nicholas. I'm just curious. I'm trying to remember if I, sort I don't think kinda. I realized who it was at first. No, but sort of kind of, it had to be I think it caught familiar. me off guard. Because, because of the towel. But I, but I did, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't sure who it was when I first True. read it. So now that I've read it about 10 times, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm trying to remember how I reacted, and I'm not, I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think Kes I read said this she didn't think so. And Joni doesn't think it was, she didn't think it was Nicholas either. 
Joni also didn't think she thought it was Nicholas. Lori said the towel made her think so. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember how I what what I thought. I'm not sure. So. Yeah, I I, I didn't know mm-hmm. whether he it makes come, sense. Yeah, I didn't know whether it definitely he makes come sense. Up and grab her or anything like that. But with the towel there, you kind of knew he knew she was swimming. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think Rick or Kurt or any of the other security people would have mm-hmm. put a towel out for her. And I'm sure Juliet and Gretel were, and the chef were already asleep at that point. So. True. Yeah. True. So it's, you know, an iconic scene. Mm-hmm. And as, as, as Acacia's out of, obviously out of the water at this point, Nicholas gazes over her body. She, he was admiring how her bra had encased her breasts and her thong that showcased her toned thighs and curvy backside, as well as the pendant that swung from her neck. She grabbed the towel to block his voyeurism. And I just love the way this whole scene was written. I, 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 honestly, I just thought it was so brilliant. He told her that you can't help an art collector to looking at beauty. And she responds that she is not eager to be collected. And a little slip in there. Nicholas told her that if a man was lucky enough to win her, that he'd give up his entire collection. Yes, a little slip. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lori also said that no one else would do that for her at that time with the towel. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there there was a little bit of a slip there from Nicholas's uh, admiration of her. And I, I love the fact that he turned around to give her privacy, um, which, again, shows his his innate sense of decorum and manners and... Um, you know, True. his his uh, effort to be gentlemanly, right? Especially when she's um, Joni also underwear. loves all those lines too. <laughs> so she dropped her towel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At least he, I think he might be trying to make her comfortable. Also, yes. of course, it, he shouldn't have ogled, ogled her, you know, in front of um, him. But I guess, you know. Boys will be boys, right? Absolutely. Um, Kes said, boy is Nicholas Smooth. In a good way, he is a gentleman. Yes. Yes. So as he turned around to give her privacy, she dropped her towel. She got the towel, took off her wet underwear and put her clothes back on. And she wrapped her wet things in the towel and told Nicholas that she was decent. Um, In which case, then Nicholas turned around and Acacia noticed that he was still dressed. And she asked if he could not sleep um, and asked if he was planning to to swim. And he said no. um, He was working. And uh, apparently he doesn't need a lot of sleep. And um, he was up probably trying to work through things just like Acacia was up trying to work through things. Um, He appeared tense. And she did thank him for the towel because um, that was very considerate of him. So we had asked SR, um, saying, it seems Nicholas is intrigued and impressed by, as well as attracted to Acacia, and his att- attraction is growing in this chapter. 
At this point in the book, does Nicholas intend to be platonic, purely professional, or does he already envision a more romantic relationship? Yeah, because I was curious what, you know, what the motivation was um, for Nicholas at this point in the book, how SR had perceived it. Mm -hmm. And SR said, apart from his initial encounters with Acacia, uh, Nicholas was attracted to her almost from the beginning. But he's very cautious. So, I like that little insight from SR. Um, so, Nicholas asked Acacia if she wanted to go for a walk. And she said no. Um, she actually had taken the, twim t the swim to tire herself out. And she was ready to sleep. So, he walked with her into the house and uh, took her to the stairs. He was escorting her back to the room. He asked if she wanted him to put the clothes into the dryer and Acacia said she would hang them up. Um, so you can tell it's kind of like the walk home after the initial date is what this reminded me of mm -hmm. even though it wasn't a date but they were just you know are together they, at they? night in a quiet uh, intensity between the two. I, I right so she waited on the bottom step for him to say something. Mm -hmm. He was at least six inches taller than her. And her gaze stopped at his mouth. So now this was Acacia's turn to kind of admire Nicholas. Mm -hmm. And his piercing eyes, a full lower lip, a strong chin. She was kind of gazing over his whole countenance. And then her eyes went to his scar as if to sabotage her. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And at, we had asked SR about this as well. And I, I said, why did she look at the scar? Was she subconsciously trying to push him away? Um, and I actually had asked as well about what was Acacia expecting Nicholas to say or do at the end of the chapter when they were at the bottom of the staircase. So, you know, what was in her mind at the time. And he says, as for the moment on the staircase, I leave it to readers to decide. <laughs> Winky smile. <laughs> I personally think she was... I think she was <laughs> Winky smile is right. Yeah. I personally think she was ready for the lip lock she was waiting for the kiss. It's funny because when I was going over there was some, the, some passion there. There was yeah. some attraction there. Yeah, you know, I was going over the chapter pre prepping for this and everything. And this, my books that I use for the podcast, I mark up horribly. <laughs> I write the, you know, write all kinds of little notes in them. But I say I wrote in there. I think she wanted him to kiss <laughs> her. In there, so. I don't know. That's, that was mm -hmm. my uh, interpretation. I do too. Now it could just be the romantic in us. Could be. But it was. Yeah. Like, it was and like Kez that, agrees with that assessment. It was like that awkward. You know, am I or am I not? Will he? Will he not? You know, it's like, the, and then you might do the mm -hmm. bob and weave for a cheek kiss or right. something. But yeah. I think it was definitely something like that. 
Joni's got adrenaline yes. from fending and Joni said um, she thought it was adrenaline from fending him off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Most that true. definitely is adding to that intensity. I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. But I, I think it's interesting how they're kind of gauging each other and assessing each other yeah you can really and assessing see. how they feel about each other yeah you can and really what they're thinking the, about each other in this the attraction chapter coming between you know with them and just you know somewhat teasing mm-hmm. a little bit uh, the, the gazing you know it you can see it be really coming into into being mm-hmm. so it looks like it will be interesting especially in the Santorini chapters <laughs> oh my but <laughs> says the chemistry is I know there. I know it's it's um yes agreed and and knowing now that Nicholas has been attracted to her really since after that very first, right after his really rough beginning, Nicholas has started that attraction. And it's just there's something about Acacia, right? He just can't kind of get her out of his mind. And... <laughs> The I chemistry is you, definitely Kez. there. And Kez says she's fanning herself thinking about it, Pam. <laughs> I know. It's getting hot in here. And it's yeah, just not, yeah. it's not it's just not, the weather. Not just outside. <laughs> nope. <laughs> hey, I, I so, see Karen's joined us as well. Karen hey, KK. How are you today? Uh, Kenzie has also joined us. Oh, and Kenzie. Yes. Oh, it's great to have you ladies join us. We um, were just talking about the attraction um, between Nicholas and Acacia. And we had asked SR um, that Nicholas seemed to be intrigued and impressed by and attracted to Acacia. And we were wondering if at this point in the book, does Nicholas intend to be platonic, professional, or does he already envision a more romantic relationship? And SR had said that apart from his initial encounters with Acacia, Nicholas was attracted to her almost from the beginning, but he is cautious. So it's just fun to see. Um, We said earlier that the pool scene is a must include in any kind of movie or mini series that is done on this book because this scene was great (laughs) i want you know i'm wondering if he has gotten any um proposals about getting this into a film setting you know it's great it would be a great great on film i'm not sure that might be something we could ask him. We could. 
but I doubt he'd give well, us an answer. you know, if we need to start the, uh, we want an... <laughs> well, I've, I'm already posting who is your Nicholas. I know. I know. I think he has... <laughs> well, we already have a lot of submissions for that. Yes, we do. <laughs> KK said she's good. She lost track of time prepping dinner. What is for dinner tonight, <laughs> KK? I'm, uh, <laughs> I haven't prepared anything for dinner tonight <laughs> here, <laughs> except maybe reservations, which is always a good meal. <laughs> oh, I like the way you think. <laughs> Lori says she bets after the others are successful, this will be included. I agree, Lori. I, I think so. they're going to assess how things go with the Gabriel series. Um, and, you know, we think this would be beautifully adapted to the screen. Mm -hmm. I also obviously cannot even emphasize how much the uh, Florentine series should be brought that to film. That would be a good series. So I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. I don't know if they're looking for for a certain amount of book sales or online presence. I don't know what the metrics are that lead them to uh, make this decision. <laughs> Kenzie, so, I love, you know what, Kenzie, you're cracking me up because I literally yesterday, my daughter said, it's it's time for pumpkin spice lattes. I guess yesterday was the first day, and I, w I was going to ask, ask SR if he got his pumpkin spice latte. Um, so Kenzie Absolutely says she asked SR not. how his disgust for pumpkins came about, and he finally explained it to her. <laughs> it was a good conversation, and he revealed more than she thought. Lori <laughs> said absolutely. <laughs> and Kenzie says she needs the Florentine on screen. Mm -hmm. So do I. And KK and Ken said she'd love fry. to see them all on film, especially the Florentine series. I mean, that would be such a vibrant, yes. Mm -hmm. Chicken stir fry with kale, peppers from farmer's market with mushrooms. Yum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and the pumpkins annoy Kenzie. You oh know, my gosh. It's funny. Um, Kenzie was saying. I, I just. <laughs> Oh, pumpkin It's hard to be excited anything. about pumpkins in fall when it's 100 degrees. <laughs> well, I told them, you know, pumpkin spice lattes or whatever. <laughs> I saw first saw the first batch about two weeks ago in the grocery store. And it was, uh, you know, ground coffee and I think mm -hmm. like some donut oh, yeah. things, whatever. But then I said, that's like having Hallmark Christmas. Come on, mm -hmm. October 26th. I'll watch it, but it's <laughs> not even Halloween yet. <laughs> so, right. So I understand. But I can understand his dislike. Exactly. Anything flavored like that, it's not really natural flavoring. It's all chemicals. And they just to me, I don't care whether it's pumpkin spice or vanilla, French vanilla or hazelnut, 
they all taste the same to me. And you can't get the good coffee taste. That's my <laughs> story, and I'm sticking to it. That's right. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and Kenzie shares the frustration. <laughs> she says, I know. I went to the store, and there was Halloween shit everywhere. I was like, what the hell? It's 90 degrees in August. <laughs> mm-hmm. Strong emotions, but that's why we love you, Kenzie. It's good stuff. Um, you know, my, my and Kenzie's enjoying a banana Halloween. smoothie this morning. Um, Karen also enjoys them. Mm-hmm. They're always good for Well, me. of course, because she's seeing it in the stores. And, you know, I, I'm one who likes to have summer last as long as possible. In fact, I would like it to keep going. So for me, as much as I do enjoy the fall season, it's a beautiful time of year. I want to be in it when it's actually happening, not when I'm still in shorts and sandals. Yeah, I know. So, but it's, uh, it's funny how that works out. And I think growing up, like we did so, in this area, it's a little different. Trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, then like down south, when you're true. You know, like even in winter. True, because right very, now. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, and oh, Karen, Karen said they used to wait until the end of September, but they just get ridiculous. I agree. There was a couple years ago, I actually saw Christmas decorations being displayed in August. I'm trying to remember the store. I feel like it was either a drugstore or a craft store. Craft, I kind of understand because they, they want people, you know, to give people advanced time to work on stuff. But mm-hmm. I think it was like a regular drugstore. Um, and I just was appalled. Like, I, I was completely offended that they would be wreaking the commercialism as oh, they remember. did. It's I just ridiculous. I remember walking into a Lord and Taylor's, so, and they were putting the Christmas decorations up, and I'm in shorts, and it was October. So, I, I hear you. <laughs> it's just not right. No. It's not right. So I know. I don't know if they do this, if they have the same type of uh, thing in Australia, Kez. I'm not sure if they do the same type of commercialism down under, but it does. <laughs> yes, Kenzie. And um, Kenzie just added, okay, wait, I need to share. So I checked this out on Google. <laughs> And no, you're not a stalker. <laughs> Do you, should I continue? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> we know you're not a stalker, Kenzie. But she saw something new that she's never seen on the Google page for him before. And for some reason, it says his birthday is born 1950, age 68 years old. And she lost her mind. I don't know where it came from. And I want to ask him, but I want to respect his privacy. 
I've seen that too. But I'm not a stalker either. Because I can tell you, you can ask questions and if SR doesn't want to answer them, he He won't. He just doesn't answer them. (laughs) You know, one of the things he has always said. Yes. Yes. He won't be offended. I don't believe. I don't think he'd be offended. But he also thinks, you know, like, he always said he came to writing later in life. That he was talked out of it when he was younger. And mm-hmm. because of that, yes. you know, he, he encourages people not to look at an age when you're doing something. So it could very well be true. It may not. But it could mm-hmm. very well be true as well. But it doesn't. If if, he, if this is true, it doesn't surprise me. Yep. I, there are a lot of um, his musical tastes that he brings out. Uh, some of the, you know, styles and stuff, uh, re- kind of reflect somebody very similar in age to me. <laughs> so. What can I say? (laughs) Well, and um, Kenzie had said she was convinced he's in his early 50s. She's so curious where it came from. And you never know. You never know these things. And I'm with you, Kenzie. Um, Obviously, it's very curious, but I definitely want to respect um, his privacy. I mean, this is um, how he's chosen to share his work. And, you know, I think we're just so lucky to have the work that it's it's wonderful um, that we have the access. And I just hope he can keep writing for many years, what, regardless of the age. Exactly. So exactly. that's my take. That's my that's my story. And you're sticking. Um, Karen, uh, referring back to our prior discussion, said there's no more magic or anticipation between the seasons. Um, and she also noted that she's seen that before, I guess that age, uh, well, there uh used to description be, moniker. There, there used so. to be a picture. Yes. That was yeah. out there and that's been, that's gone now. You know, whether, you know, that was just somebody had a similar name because I know, oh. I know that there is someone out there that has a similar name as that. Uh, when you go into like Barnes and Noble and you go to list the authors, there, mm-hmm. it, it, I think it's R E N U A R D or something like that. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? He'll let us yeah. know when he wants to. Kenzie's saying yes, I saw it, and yeah. right, right, or it's it's his choice. That's right. Kenzie said she'd never want to disrespect him, and she wondered if someone has tried to figure it out because he's gotten hacked before. Anyway, she went to freak out for a second. Ha, ha, ha. Not a problem. And she's also seen those pictures. Um, I think it's all, you know, obviously it's 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 not a problem at all. No. And, of course, everybody's curious about that. I, I think it's a natural thing to be... Um, intrigued, especially when someone cho- chooses to write under a pen name. So, mm-hmm. adds yeah. to the mystery. I, I mean, it it could be 
a heck of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. To speculate. Put, to put a puzzle together. So when together. Pam is in Toronto at the film festival next, next week. Next week, yes. Scoping out every man wearing Argyle socks. <laughs> <laughs> we want pictures, Pam. We want pictures. <laughs> Don't um, forget, Kaz always imagined us all around late 50s, early 60s. That's but it's just I a number. That's what I call Bow ties and berets. Although I don't think you'd, I don't think you'd be sporting a beret at this time of year. Maybe not. <laughs> but so fun to th- yes, we'll see. You never know. <laughs> I've even asked him if I'd meet for coffee, <laughs> <laughs> which he ignored. Totally ignored that. That, but that's okay. You so, never know. You never know is right. Yes. Yes. It goes to our point, um, Kenzie, that uh, you can always ask and he may or may not answer. (laughs) Lori says, Pam, just yell his name out and see who turns around. (laughs) (laughs) My friend Noreen will. I love it. My friend Noreen will definitely do that. uh, (laughs) She told me. Oh, my gosh. She said to me, what if we buy an extra ticket? And you tell him that you have this ticket, then he'd have to come. I said, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> She's like, come on, he's got to get over. I said, no. That's you right. can't do that. So, anywho, I, I've always felt that he might be right. Justin Trudeau because it seems when Justin Trudeau... She doesn't Trudeau, really get understand, though. No. Um... Because Justin Trudeau is never really, when he's really busy with something, that's usually when you see SR sort of disappeared a little bit from Twitter. That's that's my guess. So I've decided he's <laughs> Justin Trudeau, <laughs> which is not bad. <laughs> I love it. I think we might need to ask him what what he thinks of that theory. I think that would be funny to see his reaction to that. Um, and Kenzie had said, and give you a winky smile. Kenzie had said she loves creating theories about him and thinks <laughs> and thinks she saw. <laughs> right, that's true. She thinks she saw that Nina doesn't even know what he looks like. I believe that's correct. You know, I think, you know, know. Nina has, you know, you can work with someone, though, and not see them physically. True. You can talk to them. I've done that. I had, uh, you know, you can. I worked, I worked, I had a client in, in Oregon for years, and I never sat foot in the state until this year. And hi, Maru. Um, and Lori said she would think he would trust you. I've said this to Leslie. If there was ever a chance. Kes said she saw Argyle socks in her training class yesterday. (laughs) If I ever get a chance to meet him, I would do so with the uh, prerequisite of signing an NDA. Because I wouldn't want that. You know, I just respect his 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 way he is. So, and uh, you know, 
if he wants to make himself around. Mm-hmm. You know, all the other authors, I know that um, Kate Bromberg did a, a thing in Driven, and I don't know the, the about the other, I don't know whether about Sylvia Day did, I think she did, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure on any of the others' passion flicks. I know that Deb Harkness and uh, Diana Gab- Diana um, Galbandan. Yeah, she's done that too. In Outlander, yeah, Gabaldon did yeah. the. Um, she had a cameo in Outlander. He could have a cameo, and nobody would even know it. True, absolutely. I don't think he'll do that though. Well, and for but example, it'd be funny if he did. I got to see the But US he could do it and not tell anybody. <laughs> True. I got to see the US premiere of um A Discovery of Witches mm-hmm. when I was at that convention a couple of weeks ago. And Deb Harkness has mm-hmm. a cameo in that first. Yeah. You know her because you've obviously have seen her and her pictures on the back of the book. But um, if you didn't know, you would never know that it was her. So that mm-hmm. could very well be with SR. I mean, we don't really know what he looks like. That's true. So, except for a fox. So, anyhow. That's right. Mm-hmm. Hi, Maru, by the way. It's good to see you on. Um, Kenzie had said she's always had she's had dreams about him and she'd never tell him that but the biggest disappointment was when she woke up Lori had said he's done a very good job at remaining incognito Mm -hmm. and she thinks he will remain that way Um, Kenzie pointed out it's been 11 years Um, and now I just lost where I was in the the chat feed (laughs) as I was reading Um, Kenzie is like I'm so curious about how the film Oh gosh, I really lost it now. He doesn't show himself. <laughs> I lost my place. I got it. And once I asked him I if he wears gloves signing books, because I have a few signed copies, and he said he did wear gloves. Hmm. So we can't mm-hmm. get his fingerprints. <laughs> Talk about being a stalker. Um, and, and I like the way you think, Pam. <laughs> And here is the way I love at it. It just um, shows don't I love it. matter. You do not have to know what someone looks like to be friends or admire a person because I don't care what he looks like. He means something to me, no matter what. True. And Kez wondered if he was in the last 50 since Boyce Fox was in the movie. Very true, Kenzie. I totally agree with that. And... Uh, Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was wondering about that too, and and that would be the greatest joke, right? I mean, that would be just so funny. And Kenzie said, "When Boyce Fox showed up, I flipped." Well, I I just think that's a very fun um, little nod that uh, E. L. James gave to our beloved SR. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. That is cool. Maru said, said on Passion Flicks, there have been several cameos. She mentioned Sylvia Day, Alexandra Torre. Um, she wasn't sure about Driven, but I think Pam said that there, uh, yeah. the author wasn't, Kate Bromberg was in Driven, correct, I believe. Yes. Um, 
<laughs> and, and Kenzie said she wonders if that character was EL dedications to SR because he is her friend. I think so because they both quote unquote grew up on fan fiction with uh, the Twilight fan fiction because Gabriel and Julian mm -hmm. were based on that and Anna and Christian were based on that even though they were called Edward and Bella in the fan fiction. Mm -hmm. so. Yes. I think so too. And she looked at Kenzie. I think so. <laughs> Kenzie looked for fingerprints on her copy when she got it. <laughs> uh, and she wants to know if E.L. James and S.R. look alike. I know. I, you know, I, I can only imagine. I I can say this. You know, they, they um, uh, on Erica's website, and I think S.R. has it as true, uh, they went to Florence. You know, they did that trip of Florence. So last year in one of my insomnia states, and I was in yep. Florence, um, er Erica came online and she was like, what's up Twitter? And I mentioned something and I told, uh, so we got to a little back and forth. I told her I was in Florence and she's never actually been there. So whether they have met or not, I mm -hmm. don't know. So. Well, I know, um, Maru said she thinks there's a kind of bond between them and uh, Kenzie said not that she would do anything with the fingerprints she's not that techie <laughs> so, well I you have um, to go into an international database. I'll be curious to see how this all unfolds if, if we ever find out mm -hmm. <laughs> if it all unwinds or if there's a, you know, if there's a documentary team that goes out in search of SR. <laughs> that would be a good one. <laughs> that could be a book unto itself. In that could be fan fiction unto itself. In search of the elusive <laughs> fox. That would be a, <laughs> the elusive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. So. Great book title. Well. I can't even believe it's after time already. Um, uh, it's so good seeing everybody. Yes. I'm so glad you guys could join us. And I w we will be back next week. Especially for this beautiful chapter mm -hmm. where the attraction is palpable between Nicholas. Yes. Mm -hmm. For chapter 24. And possibly 25. You're not 20, and then, 25 is like uh, yes, much. Kenzie, I, that's a good one. When people ask SR his occupation, what does he say? Mm -hmm. He's 24 and 25. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then we have our special podcast on Friday. On Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. But Kenzie, I like your line of thinking. Yes. Are you an author? Yes. What did you 9 p.m. Oh, Eastern time, New York time. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of, <laughs> you know, but I know he's been interviewed by obviously. I don't think blogs. he would reveal that at all. No, I think he'd say he, he's he, a writer. And you know mm -hmm. what? He could be um, a writer. of a No, I think series. he would hide behind his day job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he, he's been interviewed by Playboy. 
Mm-hmm. As as or as Sylvain Raynard when they were talking about the game yeah, series. That's a good interview. That is a good interview. Kenzie, have you read that one? Have you guys dug that the Playboy interview up? That was a good one. Mm-hmm. So, that was from originally when the Gabriel book. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Kenzie. Kenzie. Yes. I don't know if I have the link to it. I'll see if I can Cam, find is that it. a link we could find and send yeah, out there? We'll put it out. We'll, I, I know our guy. Kenzie, it's really good. You probably that. could Google it. Yeah. And Kez says, yes, it's one of his firsts. Yeah. Yep, that's how I found it, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we will be back next Was he week. glad it was one of his first? <laughs> oh, my. Yes. yes Same Parisian time. <laughs> Same Swiss time. <laughs> Same bat time. <laughs> Same Florentine time. Yes. He wrote historical Same fiction before Gabe. Florentine time. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we will be back next week. You never and, know. You I still think right. he's a professor. He visits everywhere he writes about. <laughs> You got Susquehanna University, St. Joe's University, University of Toronto, Harvard, Boston University. It's anything's possible. I know. So, so, all right. So we'll be back next week. You all have a good week. And uh, this time next week, I will be on the uh, next, I'll be on the elusive search next Thursday. So. You all have a good week, rest of the week, and we'll talk to Friday night. Yes. Well, you, you'll safe travels. Yes. So for your in- listening and Yes, everybody. Pleasure, See you then. Uh, I'm leaving you with I'm in the mood for love. And Kenzie, this could be for you <laughs> by Julie London. Have a great week, everyone. Ha, 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 ha.